You are listening to a Nerd Room Podcast, a member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Be sure to check out more from the Star Wars Commonwealth on the web at StarWarsCommonwealth.com and take your first steps into a larger world. Hey everyone and welcome to Nerd Room. We talk all things Star Wars, Marvel, and DC. This episode number 132, we're discussing the Star Wars Resistance trailer. I'm one of your hosts, Tim. I'm Troy. And we are here, even in lieu of all of our audio problems tonight, after 131 episodes of recording, we did not have one single audio issue, issue until we picked up tonight. <laughs> And all hell broke loose. We could not record even in person. Troy had to go back home <laughs> to actually record this episode. So, that being said, this is going to be somewhat of a condensed episode because we are running late. We're recording on a different day. Sunjay isn't here either. So, everything's kind of all mixed up. But we are here to talk nerd and we're excited to do so. Troy, my dude. Yeah, man. Even with all the audio issues tonight... Even with you driving back and forth, how you been, my man? Oh, good, man. Good as always, man. I'm getting my double dose of the nerd room. is is great to make a little <laughs> quick appearance today, and I, you know, obviously celebrated uh, your your day uh, yeah. not too long ago. So, man, it's 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 been great, man. It's a good weekend. Good yeah, weekend, it has sure. been. You know, it's uh, I celebrated my birthday on this weekend. Uh, Trina's family came over. We had a bunch of people over on Saturday. It was a ton of fun. Uh, I'm always like celebrating the good things. My wife, Mrs. Nerd Room, she uh, she hooked me up this year. I showed you just briefly before you left. She bought me a record player, awesome. and it's been something I've been really wanting for the last I don't know couple years. Never really pulled the trigger, and she gave this to me on my birthday along with Guardians of the Galaxy Volume One. Awesome! What is it? Uh, what is the soundtrack called? Awesome mix. Volume 1. Oh, is that what it's called? Yeah. Awesome Mix? Nice. I think so. I might be saying nice. that wrong. I can't remember. But it's fantastic. Great songs on there. We have it upstairs. And every night I've been coming home, popping on a record. I got to, I also showed you a Empire Strikes Back audiobook from 1980 that I have that is oh. on vinyl that I was playing as we uh, as you left here. So I, I'm super excited to have this. This is a nice piece. It fits well in the house. It's uh, I haven't listened to a ton of music in the last couple of years a lot of podcasts a lot of audiobooks but this is going to be my step back into that something that we can do as a family we can pick out records play them upstairs while we're eating or whatever just have some fun with it oh yeah absolutely it's it's a crisp item too man like the look it has like that vintage contemporary kind of wooden look it's a really nice piece of art you can almost say um and the vintage vinyl sound that you get with each record especially oh. listening to that uh, empire strikes back that you had playing that audible audible book it was oh so cool, man. Awesome gift. Yeah, I'm super stoked about it. It was It's one of those things that, you know, I do buy myself a lot of stuff as a collector, but there's certain things that I just won't step into, and that was one of them, and I'm so stoked. There's a record store actually just down the street from me attached to Alpha Comics that, or not Alpha Comics, sorry, Phoenix Comics, and I'm pretty excited to get down there so I can go and look at comic books, Funko Pops, action figures, and then slide over to the record side of it. So it's kind of got everything in one spot. That's right. Actually, and you know what? There's another place too. I forgot the name of the place, but it's in Waterloop. It's really close to you, actually. They deal with records and vinyls and all that stuff. So check them out. It's right in Waterloop. Nice. This could be deadly. Yeah. This could be another addiction. <laughs> Look out. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. Well, I appreciate 
you know, all the well wishes from everyone on Twitter, Facebook, and all that that I got this year. It is kind of a not really a milestone year, but it's a really important year to me because I've got a lot of plans, a lot of things that we want to do here in the nerd room, a lot of things I want to do personally. So I'm excited to kind of have that fresh start. You know, we're coming up here on September, which is kind of the pseudo new year for those of us with kids. So big things, you know, I'm, I'm excited. I've, I've kind of written down this list of things that I, I want to do. I want to discuss at some point here on the podcast, but it's, it's going to be an exciting year. You know, I, I don't, should I reveal my age? Nah, I'm going to leave it kind of lingering here. I'm 21. <laughs> Not really, but... Anyways, let's let's jump into this. Like I said, this is going to be a relatively condensed episode. We're going to talk, for the most part, about the Star Wars Resistance trailer, how we felt about that, and then maybe a few other little news items. We're going to skip kind of the listener questions this week, push that till next week, just to give us some flexibility here in the timing. It's going to be probably quite a bit shorter than a normal Nerd Room episode, but we just want to get at you guys. There's not a lot going on. Um, but we just want to make sure we got some commentary around that resistance trail and a few other things that are going on in the nerd world. But one thing we always do, we always kick this off with our week in nerd. So Troy, you've had that yeah. golden touch over the last couple of weeks. Have you had that that success continue into this week? No, I've calmed down, man. You know, I haven't actually stepped out and hunted. I'm gonna I'm gonna do a big one probably this weekend. But, um, yeah, my week in nerd's been pretty chill, man. I've been catching up on that X-Men anime. I'm gonna pump it one more time here. It's fantastic man this is the, the cool thing with this anime is um a lot of the voice actors kind of trends uh, uh hop over on this show from like the original x-men not the 90s cartoon but like wolverine and the x-men so you kind of get that um that not continuity but you know you get that uh synergy almost going along with these uh with these characters so i'm really loving this show um i'm caught up on my x-men blue comics so you can tell i'm really into x-men right now caught up to x-men blue i just picked up x-men gold number one volume one which is pretty sweet and uh yeah that's really i ordered a bunch of comics too from my comic book shop dot com yeah uh, i'm really trying to complete a whole like comic wall of fame of the marvel comics vintage action figures not vintage but they're like the action figure yeah. variants yeah you know what i mean so i'm trying to complete that wall because they look really cool all together man so i'm trying to get like x23 miss marvel i think hawkeye the original hawkeye oh. not the the marvel now looking one but there's a bunch out there i'm trying to get so I've kind of calmed down this week, but I'll be back at it again next week to keep you guys posted with what I get. Yeah, the man with the golden touch. Yeah, those <laughs> uh, those vintage covers are, or vintage-looking covers, the same way they did with Star Wars, right? Yes. They had kind of the Black Series look to them. Mm-hmm. Um, they're really cool. MyComicShop.com is also a great resource that we've pumped a few times on here. But uh, I, I've gone there in the past with trying to find comic books that I've had real issues finding. They have a pretty deep selection, yeah. and you can kind of type in anything you want. And I often use it actually as a way when I'm flipping through long boxes at conventions or whatever to give myself a benchmark for how much a comic should cost. Because the prices yeah. there are fairly reasonable. Now they are an American for us Canadian folks, but it's always a nice way to look back and say, okay, is this comic actually worth $25 or should it be worth $8? You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's a good little resource to have in your back pocket. Just Google kind of my comic shop and then type in whatever, and it's big, huge database. It's crazy. And it can be dangerous too going on there, man, because oh, yeah. once you start clicking and clicking and finding all sorts of variants or whatever you want, it's – I don't know if they do trades on there. I don't know, but um, man, it's it's an it's an awesome outlet for sure for comics. Yeah, definitely. Yep. And you know, this week I actually I did spend some time out on the hunt, and it's probably my first big hunt I've done in well at least since I've been back vacation in that. 
and me and the family rode on, I believe, Friday, and we went to Toys R Us and a few other places, Walmart and that. And the shelves are stacked deep, man. I can't believe what I was seeing, particularly at Toys R Us. Mm-hmm. Now, I gave you a lot of shit a couple weeks ago about buying up all the Marvel 10th Anniversary <laughs> Legends. And then last week, as we discussed, you kind of brought me the Red Skull. Sanjay, literally after a recording, text me a picture of the Iron Man single pack. That's crazy. And then single pack. Yeah, the single pack the, from Avengers on the Marlar 10th anniversary line. Yeah, the Mark 7. Yes, beautiful, yeah. beautiful piece. So nice. But then not a day later, two days later, I'm at the Toys R Us down by down the road from me and mm-hmm. I see all three of them. I see the Red Skull, the Iron Man, and the Iron Man 3 3 pack. And <laughs> so and they're all stacked pretty deep and they're price cut. So we're already wow. seeing this line being dropped down to 27 bucks for the single pack. And That's cheaper than a regular Marvel Legend. I know. And then also the three-pack was down from 99 to 79 Now, that's got a long way to go before I pull the trigger on that. Yeah. But everything seems to be moving in that direction, which is kind of nice to see. Because you look at the opposite end in the Star Wars collecting world. I posted quite a few images on Twitter this past week. I'm really struggling right now with the price point of Black Series. Now, I'm a, I'm a committed collector, but at this point, I'm almost being priced out of the line, if I can actually say that. Like, that, that's hurts, like, a lot for me to say out loud. Yeah, because man. I was looking at the exclusives at Toys R Us. So there's the Mim Bam or the Mud Trooper, Mim Bam Stormtrooper, whatever you want to call it. I think it's Mim Bam actually on the box. I saw it. I was like, oh, my God, I'm getting this. I cannot believe I found this. I yep. look up. $38 plus tax. That's crazy. Which is crazy. insane. Like when this yeah. line dropped in 2012, they were like $22. So for wow. an exclusive, it's almost doubled in price in just four years. Yeah, that blows my mind. See, that's why it's making my jump towards uh, towards Hot Toys a yeah. little easier because seeing the price point for these things, it's it's crazy. Um, I just can't justify that. I, I feel like the hot, not the hot toys. Sorry, I feel like the black series has kind of been. I don't want to say dead, but it's been extremely quiet as of yeah. as of late, especially since the solo. I haven't been able to see. I don't know. Is, is the Haldo toy out yet? I haven't seen that wave. No, I haven't seen her. I haven't seen Beckett. No, yes. that that second solo wave because there's Val, there's L three that's right. meant to come out as well. There's a couple of lingering um, OT characters that we haven't seen. Some of the bounty hunters. I, I, you know, as much as I love this this series in this line, I'm never going to stop collecting it. But I'm picking and choosing at this point, which sure. is something I wasn't at a few years ago or even six months ago. But right. when you look at even the Phasma 2 was at the Toys R Us. It's an exclusive up here in Canada for Toys R Us. The Battle Damage Phasma from The Last Jedi, also $38 plus tax. Yeah, and then you look at some of those big vehicles. Like, they're well over $100 for, like, the, and these, are, these are pieces that I would love to have, but I'm not paying that kind of money. See, I don't understand what they're doing because, I mean, when you look at the Marvel MCU 10th anniversary, I mean, I can justify paying like 36 bucks, 35 bucks for Iron Man Mark 7 because that's like a that's an awesome piece of armor right there as opposed to paying $38 for like some of these other unknown, not necessarily unknown characters, but not really uh, sought after characters. I just I don't get that. I, I feel like Marvel Legends is, is doing a great job of pumping out their product and giving us some characters we actually want for a better bang of buck, whereas the Black Series, I, I just I don't know. I don't know if it's just like where we are in Canada or, or not, but it's it's kind of a little all over the place for me. Yeah, and I, I don't understand why the exclusives are on average $6 more 
per yeah. figure. Like right. I, I get they're exclusive, but you know, any other exclusive anywhere else is the same price. It's just limited numbers. So yeah, they're, they're like already giving. Yeah, exactly. But right. you, they're already giving an eBay bump for being an exclusive, but they're doing it at retail. Yeah, which is really funny. So Hasbro, if you're listening, like. I love your product, but it's really tough. And I spoke to some collectors over the weekend as well, and they're finding that they're also picking and choosing on the Black Series because it's they can't we can't justify as collectors, especially with some of the volume that we get in around movies, and then you go to the vintage collection as well, which are seventeen bucks a pop, which is also very hefty price tag, and even some of the dual packs. You know, you think say say a Black Series or whatever, and Marvel's the the Legends are guilty of this as well is that you have two legends, let's say they're 30 bucks a piece, but then a dual pack is 70 to 80 bucks. You think yeah. that as a deal, you'd get it for, I don't know, maybe five bucks less or four bucks less per figure. Just yeah. as an exclusive double pack, something to get people into the legends, into the black series, thinking they get a bit of a, a bit of a deal here and then step into collecting the single pack figures. So I don't know. I'm really struggling with this lately. It's, it's really bothered me. It's like right to my collecting core here that I'm looking at two of my favorite lines and being like, no, I have to pick and choose here. I can't get every trooper. I can't get every figure. And well, it, it's difficult. It, well, it's crazy. Cause especially like you mentioned the, the one you mentioned was 38 bucks. That was the wind bam. Mimbam Stormtrooper from yeah, Solo. Yeah, and what, what does he come with? It's nothing. It's just literally a uh, paintbrushed or a uh, tarnished Stormtrooper, really, with a cape. Right, see, exactly. And then when you go to the Marvel Legends side, like, for instance, you can vouch for this, the Red Skull. The Red Skull oh, yeah. MCU 10th anniversary, you get one Red Skull head, you get three other Hydra, three or two other Hydra three. helmets. Three, exactly. Then you also get the, the arm strap, like, accessory that goes with a chest, and you get a big-ass cannon gun. Like, yeah. You're getting a lot for that price uh, value, whereas the soldier you just mentioned, you're not getting anything. So I just no. I can't justify that. And it's Red Skull. Like, yeah, exactly. Of course you're get that, you know? Have you so. seen this other Stormtrooper? I think I posted a picture of this as well on the Nerd Room Twitter feed. It's a Stormtrooper with a blast damage kind of decal and then two hunks of plastic that are painted or shaded to look like fire. It's a And it's in kind of the Gamorrean Guard style of box, a bigger box. It's $50. Is that the one that's uh, it's basically like the original Black Series Stormtrooper body mold? Body mold, battle yeah, damaged? with battle damage and two pieces, of, two hunks of plastic. 50 bucks. Yeah, that's crazy. That's Toys R Us as well, right? Yeah, and those yeah. have been on the shelves, I bet you, for well over a month, and not one has moved at my local Toys R Us. It's going to drop just like what you and I were talking about with um, <laughs> Mr. It's a Trap. How do I forget yeah. his name all of a sudden? Akbar. <laughs> Akbar. Mr. It's, it's a, a trap. trap. <laughs> it's going to drop like those guys because that dual pack is 20, 25, 39, 35 it's, bucks. Yeah, it started up at like 59, 49. Yeah, yeah now, it's, now, it's, now it's down. So yeah. I don't know. This this goes to a rule realistically with the nothing over $35. Yeah. So everything that we've talked about here with the exception of the Marvel 10th anniversary stuff, which it, to me, that that's a true exclusive. Yes. You know, the Mim-Mem Stormtrooper to me isn't an exclusive. It's exclusive because it's limited to cut as an action figure, but there's nothing exclusive about that. You know, the 10th anniversary stuff, we've never gotten Red Skull. We've never gotten a, an Iron Man Mark VII. That was, that, 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 those preceded kind of this big wave of legend, those, those films, actually. So yeah. those to me are special figures. Yeah. But the other ones, yeah, they're not feeling like a proper exclusive anymore. 
It's not a convention exclusive, which you, you don't even pay that much for. So I, I don't know here, like, I, I guess to kind of cap this off and try to pull this around to a positive spin on this is this might be a time for everyone to take a breath and reevaluate the Black Series, some of the Marvel Legends, even yeah. the Vintage Collection, and really think where to focus your funds. You know, is it to Funko Pops? Is it to Hot Toys? You've made that big leap, Troy, into something a bit bigger, more elaborate, more expensive. But realistically, that's only a couple of Black Series. You know what I mean? For that price For sure. Point. For sure. That's just it. When I walk down to my uh, nerd room basement, you know, I, I go and I, I look at my shelf and I see about four or five uh, Marvel Legends or Black Series even. And I'm like, you know, I can really put that towards a Hot Toy. Yeah. Um, and, and that's just kind of the route I'm, I'm going. And, you know, with this whole... I guess you can't even say push, but with whatever's going on with the Black Series, it's really motiva- motivating me that much more so to just go out there and throw some money down on on a hot toy. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, you know, it is it is what it is. I guess these are yeah. kind of the, the ebbs and flows of collecting. We're going to see potentially as we come into episode nine, something a little different. I did a survey. I think I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. for the Marvel Legends, and they're really asking about the price point. You know, would you pay a little more for a kind of face mold of a movie figure do you want all movie lines do you want all comic lines like how do they so they are asking those questions at hasbro so they're taking the feedback that we're giving them and that's why like having a forum like twitter having a forum like a podcaster because we can express those we can discuss with other collectors and we could potentially make a difference so if you do have an issue with the price points in that you know Tweet at Hasbro. Like, they listen to their fans. They have this Hasbro Pulse thing. They have even the dialogue with fans at the big conventions. So these are things, you know, when you see other collecting podcasts that do make it out to places like San Diego Comic-Con or Celebration next year, which I'm going to be at, these are the type of things that I want to communicate to Hasbro, to the representatives, so that we can try to make a difference. Because we don't want this stuff to go away. I don't want to stop collecting. But I want to make sure I can afford to, you know, pay my car payments and all that while also <laughs> getting my fix week on, week out. <laughs> I, I'm curious with you because I know you're a big MCU collector when it comes to Marvel Legends and you kind of kind of given up on the um, the comic book, yeah. you know, forms. Would you rather just have a full line of just MCU realistic figures and be done with the comic stuff or do you feel like there's a place for it? You know, I think there is a place for it. There are clearly people that buy these. You know, when you get into your D and E and F characters, I don't know if there's a place for that. You know, that's a very niche market. And that's maybe where you do exclusives. Right. Is that you bring those out for very particular collectors in very limited numbers. But for me, I would like to say see a MCU line associated with a film when it drops with Black Panther, Infinity War or whatever. Maybe two waves depending on the size of the film. And then do all comics wave. They've been doing a little bit more of this. You've seen and you've collected the X-Men waves that they've done. Yes. So you've seen that they've just exclusively focused in on that. There was a Deadpool wave that kind of came out of the movie. wasn't quite the movie comic focused. That's mm-hmm. great for those those collectors that are into Deadpool. But I think they can't do this build-a-figure thing with movie build-a-figures, but also mixing up comic and movie waves. Yeah. And they seem to be, like, the next Black Panther wave that's coming out is an all-Black Panther wave mm-hmm. from the film. So you're getting, like, T'Chaka. You're getting... Um, uh, Mbaku. Mbaku, yes. I think yeah, he's the build-a-figure He's the build-a-figure. You're getting um, um, Killmonger with the, yeah. the iron, whatever, not iron, with the Black Panther suit with his head yeah. sculpt. Yeah, so, the military gear. Yeah, you're getting yeah. Claw. So you're getting all of these characters. Shuri is also in that wave. So you're they're starting to 
veer a little bit towards that. And I'm happy to see that because that was also a question on that survey. You know, do you want all MCU or do you want all comics or do you like them mixed? So, yeah, for me, I'd like to see them do both because I'll pick certain figures out of a comic line, but I'll right. buy most of a movie line. Yeah. So, yeah, I agree. It's, it's, I don't know. It's, it's collecting is, you know, ups and downs. This is, this is how we do. So, you know, my focus may shift over the, in the near term over to Marvel a little bit more while right. I really evaluate what I want to do with the Black Series. I'm going to collect it, yeah, for sure. But, it's going to be, and it started to be more of a pick and choose line for me, which is a for bit sure. unfortunate. I, th- I think as, as we collect too, we always kind of narrow down our focus as, as you, as you keep going. Okay? Yeah. I, yeah. And I think that that's the point of it, right? It's, you know, you look in each individual person's nerd room and there's very focused portions of it. But yeah. the idea for me has always been, I don't want clutter. I can't have yeah. just piles and piles of action figures just sitting around. So it's it's about narrowing and it's about sometimes taking a breath and evaluating your collection seeing you know how do i want to display it how do i want to look and what do i want to focus in on you know the vintage series is another thing that's popping back up in light of a lot of this because i can divert quite a bit of funds into finishing out my vintage collection and just take a breath on the black series for a little bit and maybe go back to it you know around episode nine so i guess we'll have to wait and see here yeah man yeah. So anything else going on in, in the world of comics for you? You know, we dove into Fantastic Four. We talked a bit a little bit about that last week. Have you kind of read anything lately that's uh, of any interest? Um yeah, nothing nothing really new. Just just that just that X-Men blue. Uh it's 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 the original X-Men team brought back into the modern day. Um they're kind of being mentored actually by uh Magneto. So Magneto has kind of stepped in charge. Um, they just did this massive crossover event with Venom, which was kind of cool because I'm not the biggest Venom guy, but it actually worked. It made a lot of sense what yes. happened there. So um, that's that's really about it. And um, yeah, that's it for me, man, for comics. Yeah, I'm really well. I haven't had a chance to read much here. I've got a stack. I'm heading out on an airplane tomorrow, so i got a whole pile of things I need to do, including catching up on the Infinity stuff. We've got a Thanos book dropping this week or next week into comic book shops it might be this week actually so yes. Thanos legacy book so i'm really excited about that to kind of get back into into that series you know i finished up to the point on his ongoing and i'm really liking what they're doing there so it's always fun to see the kind of these one shot these focus stories on a character like thanos especially coming out of the back end of avengers infinity war which i watched twice this week <laughs> oh it's so good i just watched it too and man that that movie's incredible it is unbelievable oh. you know the mcu is just is just killing everything whether it's mm-hmm. legends right through the celebration of the 10th anniversary which we did last week you know we talked the best of the mcu and i got a couple more polls before we kind of amalgamate all of the results together so i'm going to throw up another i think i got another four or seven polls that's kind of a weird way to to say that but i got a few more <laughs> polls to put up on the nerd room twitter feed just for you guys to get your answers in we've done four already and i'm excited to see what you guys have to say because there's some really interesting answers in the first four polls that we did run but with the mcu kind of hitting its stride they've been doing this for years but they kind of capped it off here with Avengers Infinity War, we're starting to look at what Sony's doing here. Now, we've got this Venom film that's coming out in October. First trailer was something that we're like, okay, you've got our you've got our attention. We're, we're kind of interested in the second, third trailer, whatever it is into the TV spots. Everyone's pretty low on this film at this point. <laughs> now, there was an article in Variety about two weeks ago, and it was one of the higher-ups 
in Sony discussing what they're doing with their universe. And they dubbed it. Now, they say this is for internal use only, but this is actually printed in the Variety article. They've dubbed the Sony universe, Sony's universe of Marvel characters. So the (laughs) S-U-M-C. Sounds like a good school. Yeah, bad bit of a mouthful. Uh, But in this article, it does say that they have 900 Marvel properties or Marvel characters, intellectual properties that they do own. And they are planning on expanding this into a cinematic universe of sort, leveraging basically the Spider-Man characters. Now, you as a Spider-Man fan, do you want to see a film like Kraven the Hunter? Do you want to see Black Cat? Do you want to see kind of a few of the crazy films that they're discussing like is this do you think that sony in itself can be successful with their universe of marvel characters or do you think it's time that they just take a break and say look we want to develop these alongside of the mcu we want to have loose ties similar say to the netflix series let us use some of that but give marvel give feige a bit of that control so they can maybe steer them away from what looks like a bit of a flop in Venom. Yeah, you know, I think, um, I mean, if you were telling me this was all under Kevin Feige, I'd be absolutely up for it. I mean, Craven the Hunter is one of the best villains that Spidey has, and and that says a lot out of all the villains that Spider-Man has. But um, to see them under Amy Pascal and Sony, it worries me. I mean, I'm not super down on Sony because at the end of the day, Sony gave us, including Spider-Man Homecoming, six Spider-Man films. And I feel like four of those films are really good. Yeah. I feel like Amazing Spider-Man 2 and Spider-Man 3 were, were the worst ones. So I don't think they're that bad. But seeing what they want to do with Amazing Spider-Man 2 is what scares me. Seeing how they, they've never been able to successfully handle a, a lot of villains, that scares me. And not really knowing where Spider-Man fits in this Venom world bothers me. I think that's something that we should know from the jump. Because that would get us excited. If we knew Spider-Man was in this from the jump, we'd be excited. Even if you were to go back and say it is Andrew Garfield's verse. Yeah. Yeah, we're still shaky about Amazing Spider-Man 2, but at least there's some clarity there and we know what we're jumping into. So that's um, that's kind of shaky. I, I did hear rumors, too, that some of the characters in Spider-Man Homecoming are going to be in the Sony-verse, but not necessarily the same actors. So those characters will be in this Marvel or Sony Marvel world, but it's not the same actor. So I guess we'll be getting something equivalent to like what Quicksilver was in the X-Men. Yes. You know what I mean? And then in the Avengers. So that'll be interesting, but I don't know. I think a lot is riding on this Venom film. I Sorry, Sanjay. I don't think it's looking good. <laughs> no, looking and it's a shame really, because I'm with yeah. you. I'm always cheering for more comic book adaptations and I want them done well. And the feeling I get from Sony here is that, I don't know if they're trying to pressure Marvel into buying a portion of it back or buying the film branch of, or Disney buying that film branch, but I feel like they're rushing headfirst into this again. Mm-hmm. Like the same way they tried and expand the Andrew Garfield universe way too quickly. The same yeah. way that even DC, now they've hit their stride now, I believe, but they kind of rushed into this at the beginning to try to match what the MCU was doing. And here with Venom and with a lot of, I would say, villains and or anti-heroes in those 900 characters they have access to, it's going to be very difficult to provide a foundational figure to center this universe around in the absence of a Spider-Man proper. 
Yeah. I would think that in whatever contract Marvel drew up with Sony, they said, whatever iteration of Spider-Man we have, you cannot have that in your universe or really reference it. Mm-hmm. So they may be able to reference Spider-Man. We may get a new Spider-Man. We may get one of the old Spider-Man. But I don't think we're going to see Tom Holland, or at least I don't really hope at this point we're going to see Tom Holland make an appearance as Peter Parker or Spider-Man in this universe until they've really clamped it down and shown us that they can produce quality. Now, Venom may or may not be that quality piece, but I'm interested to see what Sony can do with some of these other characters like Craven the Hunter. Yep. The problem is, is how do you make Craven the Hunter a marketable piece of film? Like, I don't know how you swing this. Like, it's 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 something that I think they need to put a lot of time and thought to. And if For Venom sure. is kind of the big thing that it's hinging on right away, I'm worried as to what their next steps are. Do they go into desperation territory and try to pull Spider-Man back away from the MCU? You know what I mean? Right. So there's, there's a lot, I think, that Sony can do. And I think they have the capability of doing something good. But they got to all first change the name. SUMC <laughs> is kind of a mouthful. And yeah. two, they really got to figure out how they're going to center this universe if they are going to create it. You know, yeah. it's it's about finding a few key figures, you know, and maybe Venom was meant to be the Spider-Man of that universe. But they need to find a few key figures that aren't Spider-Man to hinge this off of. Yeah, because that's what I'm wondering. Because by all rights, Spider-Man after... Far away, Spider-Man, uh, home, far from home, far from home. Um, his rights would revert back to Sony. So theoretically, Sony could just be like, Tom Holland is in this universe because it's a six-picture deal, right? And he's yeah. that would be a sixth film. So that would be interesting. But like you mentioned, or they treat Venom as if he's the focal point of that universe and he's like the Spider-Man character. Like that's why you would introduce Craven because Craven is hunting down Venom yeah. as opposed to hunting down Spider-Man. So you could go that route too. But at the end of the day, still, it's like making up a world of Batman villains without Batman. It's like Gotham in a, in yeah. a weird kind yes, of way. Right? You're very yeah. right. Or should they have gone with like a Flash Thompson Venom and started with, a youthful character and grown oh. with them the same way that you're growing with Spider-Man. Yeah. See, I, I really like that. I think there's really cool aspects you could do. Actually, you know, picking someone like, um, I was going to say Tom Holland, but Tom Hardy, I feel like you could have kind of gone that Eddie, not Eddie Brock. You could have gone that flash Thompson, like military bound. Yep. Um, he, he's lost his legs. He's now done some kind of project, not super soldier, but something along the lines where he's now bonded with this symbiote that could have had a past history with somebody else for all we know. And he's embraced this symbiote and they understand each other, but they're doing things for the better of good, as opposed to looking out for themselves, like the original Eddie Brock. Yeah. I think there's a lot of cool things you could have done with that, but I think that's a missed opportunity, but I guess we don't know until we see the film. Yeah, I guess wait and see here. You know, we're getting bits and pieces the same way that DC originally introduced their cinematic universes. You know, we're doing this film, we're doing this film. So I think with all these universes and what we've seen with DC recently is they've really clamped down. They've kind of gone with a few properties and they haven't really started to talk about the wider universe until they've got that firm footing. Now with Aquaman, Shazam coming, Wonder Woman, everything looks to be kind of starting to flow in the right direction. Now Sony's got to do a similar thing is take a big breath and just kind of wait here. Yeah. I don't want to see these characters rushed out. 
but I do want to see what another cinematic universe can look like. So all in all, I think that good things can happen here, but as always with these new cinematic universe, I'm going to be cautiously optimistic with it. Yes, definitely. Now, we're going to move on to, like I said, this is going to be a bit of a shorter episode here, but we're going to move on to the latest Star Wars tease that we've got. Now, coming off of the back end of Solo, we knew we weren't going to have a film until December of 2019. Now, we just discussed a couple of weeks ago the first shot. You know, J.J. Abrams had moved into production on this film, and we were kind of waiting for the next thing in Star Wars. Now we've got the streaming services coming to light here at some point in 2019. Favreau's series is getting a little bit of coverage. We know about how much it's going to cost, maybe what they're going to focus in on a little bit. But the next big thing coming off of the back end of Rebels in the animated world was Star Wars Resistance. Now this was teased quite a few months ago, and now we have our first teaser trailer. Now, I was pretty excited about this series because coming off the back end of Rebels, which we covered in a lot of detail here, I was craving something else that is fixated and maybe pointed a little bit at the youth of the Star Wars fandom because I enjoyed kind of starting to watch some of this with my daughter, but I also really appreciated what Filoni and crew were able to do with that medium. Now, I know you're a big fan of Rebels as well. Were you excited for Resistance, or have you always been a bit more hesitant on it? Yeah, I was excited. I was riding the wave because I was coming off of uh, Rebels, and uh, I already knew the success of of Clone Wars. (laughs) So, yeah, I was pretty excited uh, for for Resistance. Absolutely, I was. Yeah, now this trailer kind of dropped out of nowhere for us. I wasn't really expecting it. I kind of saw it. I watched it, and my first real impression, now this is only a minute long, so we're not getting a lot out of this, but my first impression was, and I, I don't want to sound down on it, but I was just kind of like, okay, that's that's something that maybe I'll catch now. I wasn't grossly enthralled with what I saw in this first trailer. Like, Did you have a similar reaction, or were you kind of right on board with it? Yeah, I wasn't feeling this one, guys. Wasn't feeling this one at all. Um, I'll guess I'll start with the look of of the trailer, the animation to me. Not an anime because I, I like anime a, a lot, but this here, it's the um, the cel shaded vibe looks very much like the Spider Man MTV animated show that happened way back in the day, or yeah. even the more current Iron Man when he's like, a, like he's a little boy and is is this weird cel shaded animated series going on. But it looks like two percent better in this day and age. I don't really. I, I like like, like we get a different direction from like the Filoni kind of Clone Wars Rebels look. Like that's cool. I'm all up for that. But this look, just seeing it animated, didn't really gel with me. Um, I don't know about this one. It looks like I guess we need all sorts of Star Wars media to go across the board for kids. But I felt like and maybe this was just me. I probably read it wrong. But I felt like this was going to be like a step up from Rebels as opposed to going down to like a, a very heavy kid show. Like we got like, we're introduced to like some kind of goofball right off the bat. Very like Ezra like yes. at the early episodes of, of rebels. So it's, it's very cartoony in that sense. Um, it seems a lot more cartoony than even forces of destiny to be mm. honest. So I don't know. I mean, it's great that we got voice talents from Gwendolyn Christie, obviously, and um, Oscar Isaac 
that's cool. I'll be interested to see actually if we get a lot of Leia. That would make a lot of sense yeah. going off of Bloodlines because she really started the whole resistance. But um, I don't know. This might be a sleeper for me. I'll probably check out the first episode. But I really, as of right now, off of that trailer, I can't see myself too invested, especially when I know Clone Wars is around the corner. Well, that's the big thing too, right? Yeah. Is that we know that's coming back. It's a shortened season and it's only one season. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, that's where my anticipation is going. But I will say this, you know, I agree with most of your points there. You know, the color even in itself, it feels very pastel to me. Yeah. Um, it didn't capture me in the same way that Rebels and Clone Wars did with just the pure imagery. It does skew very young, which yeah. I'm okay with. You know, we have the Force of Destiny, we have this show now, and both of us having young children, mm-hmm. it, it makes sense to me. I'm happy that there are avenues the same way that they're providing that with the young readers adaptations and the Force of Destiny in the comics and the Star Wars Adventures. I think we need that as a fandom to really continue with this holistic approach and all-inclusive approach to Star Wars in general. Mm-hmm. I can't expect, and maybe this is, is was my fault, I was expecting basically Rebels Part 2, Same. but the Resistance. <laughs> and, you yeah. know, that was a bit of my expectation level going into this because I had so much fun with Rebels. Now, to be fair and to be honest, I haven't watched Clone Wars. I never got into it when it first debuted. And it took you bugging me for <laughs> weeks to watch this Rebels Season 2 trailer for me to really jump headfirst into Rebels. And then I went back and binged up into the point and watched it point forward. So my reaction for most of the animation in Star Wars has initially started like this. Ah, you know what? This really isn't for me. And I right. turned out to really love Rebels like absolutely love it. And Clone Wars, I started watching with my daughter and we've had quite a bit of fun and I'm starting to really get into that, even especially since the announcement that it is returning. I want to be on that bandwagon as we're kind of rolling through the Star Wars station right up to Clone Wars Saved. So yeah, you know, it's it's a wait and see for me on this one. I was a bit shocked, to be honest with you, that I didn't find myself completely enthralled with it this main character that they're focusing in on kazuda is his name okay. he does seem a bit goofy but one thing i will remind us is ezra at the start was a bit annoying yeah and so was ahsoka that's a big point yeah ahsoka really turned me off clone wars when i first watched <laughs> it like i was like i don't this i don't really get this yep but then now she's one of my favorite characters ezra one of my favorite characters yeah so i think with this animation if we can get through the first couple episodes get through and pass the animation because it is it's a big divergence i think that's one of the big things too it diverges away from what we're used to what we're comfortable with and as a fandom we've shown in the past that we're not entirely comfortable with that abrupt change (laughs) (laughs) so i'm willing to give this a big shot i think i'm going to do the full first season no matter what unless i'm completely turned off by it i'm going to give this an opportunity to expand a bit around the force awakens timeline because Mm -hmm. there was a a blurb up on starwars.com or at least the main synopsis this occurs about six months before the force awakens Okay, it's pretty close then. Yeah, really close. So I don't know how they're going to do this. This is the same thing that Rebels ran into, right? Is that Mm -hmm. they set themselves up in a time frame. They're building towards a film. 
and they have to do something with these characters. They have to do something with this show. So I don't know if we're going to see this peel through The Force Awakens and then fill in some time between The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi or what's going to happen. So I'm kind of interested in how it skirts around The Force Awakens or up into that, how it fits in some of the Poe comic book stuff that right. we've seen that takes place before The Force Awakens and how it even fits in some of the Before the Awakening book because that was really where the resistance kicked off for Poe at least. So we're cutting it pretty darn close here with timelines. So I'm always interested in canon and continuity and I want to see a little bit more of that. So all in all, I agree with all of your points there, Troy. Yeah, it skews young. It looks a bit different. It looks a bit goofy. You know, we've got you know the classic goofy droid in there. A lot <laughs> of BB-8, and I'm happy. He looks good. Yeah, he does look good. And I'm yep. interested to see how much he's in there because my guess is all of this is from the first episode. Oh yeah, yeah. It I doesn't look so. like they're doing much more than just showing just a glimpse of what the first episode's like we see a glimpse of phasma in there as well it looks like Mm -hmm. and yeah i'm willing to give this a chance but i'm not totally blown away and it might be kind of something that yeah i get my way through but it might not be kind of a rebels for us i don't think (laughs) we'll have to see so i guess obviously we won't begin any finn or ray Probably not. No, unless they move past The Force Awakens in the timeline, into the story they're telling, which they very well could. You know, Mm -hmm. they could use this in the same way that they've been using The Force of Destiny and bringing back the voice actors or the actresses and actors to voice those characters the same way that Oscar Isaac's come back, Gwendolyn Christie's come back. So that wasn't on that big sheet of people that they had originally released saying these are the people returning. Right. But it's going to be interesting to see if, yeah, maybe they do include Ray. Maybe they do go a bit more down that path where it's heavily tying into some of the films. So we get appearances by these main characters once or twice a season. That would be kind of fun to see and to hear those those actors and actresses coming back and voicing those characters, expanding on those roles a little bit. That would be pretty cool. Yeah. So overall, yeah, Star Wars Resistance, it's, it's definitely something that it's going to get watched, but... I don't know if it's got the same fanfare as uh, Star Wars Rebels, that's for sure. (laughs) And you know what, man? It's been a long night for both of us. (laughs) (laughs) This is a a very short Nerd Room episode, but I'm happy we got to sit down and talk a little bit of Star Wars Resistance, walk through Sony's Universe of Marvel characters, and talk about our weekend nerd and get into some of that collecting talk because we'd really like to hear from you guys. You know, how are you finding collecting lately? How did you guys receive the Star Wars Resistance trailer? Were you a bit like Troy and I, a little bit cool on it? Or are you super excited for this to see where and what different directions Star Wars can take and really fit back into a very youthful, skewed show? So if you'd like to tell us anything about that, be sure to email us at thenerdram at gmail.com. You can always hit us up on Facebook or YouTube, and you can always grab us on Twitter. Our handles are at the end of the episode. Now, we're going to be back next week. It's going to be Troy and I again because Sanjay is off on vacation, the last one before the new school year starts, if you want to call it that. And we're going to be talking, and we're going to be back to our normal formula. Hopefully, we've got our audio issues sorted out, but I'm really excited to get back at the table, man, with you, and hopefully get some big news, some big Star Wars news or something put out there so we can chew through this and talk nerd. Yeah, man, absolutely. So it's been a blast, man. Yeah. So until next week, guys, for The Nerd Room, I'm Tim. I'm Troy. And thank you for entering The Nerd Room. 
This has been a Nerd Room Podcast production. You can find our hosts, Tim, Troy, and Sanjay on Twitter at TheNerdRM, TroyTheBoy87, and Sunjabby. For more content from The Nerd Room, check out TheNerdRoom.net. Don't forget to subscribe to The Nerd Room on iTunes, Podbean, and YouTube. Be sure to head over to StarWarsCommonwealth.com to find more podcasts in the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network, including Talk Star Wars, Tumbling Saber, Generation X-Wing, Rogue Squadron Podcast, Skyrim Podcast, and San Diego Sabers. Follow the Star Wars Commonwealth on Twitter at SW Commonwealth and take your first steps into a larger world.